If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast, brought to you today by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a particular uh, anxiety disorder, and that is PTSD. Now, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder, is a fairly complex uh, disorder when it comes to criteria and whether or not someone meets the criteria of this, you know, this particular anxiety disorder. But I wanted to just touch base on a, a few aspects of it. First of all, it has to start with a trauma. Now, I talk about trauma in one of my earlier podcasts, and I'll just, you know, talk about it a little bit again. Basically, a trauma in in a simple definition is it is something that is, I was going to say traumatic, but you know what? You can't define a word with the same word. It is something that is very bad, that is outside the norm of that person's typical life experiences. So whenever we think about it, as far as the criteria for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual's definition, we're looking at it needs to be a life-threatening experience to you, or you're there and it's happening to someone else, or you witness someone else's death that is unexpected. You know, so like, they're not saying if somebody is ill and dying, you know, for example, in hospice, they're not saying that meets the criteria for trauma. Or if it's a serious physical assault, if it is uh, a sexual assault. And then also they put in there, if you are of certain professions where you see a tremendous amount of trauma or you are, you know, working with people with with trauma. So that may include police officers that are having to review evidence, uh, take accounts of people, therapists, other kinds of first responders. But basically, the uh, a trauma is something that is way outside the normal range of experience, and it's life threatening in in some way, shape, or form. Now, when it comes to the symptoms. The way I typically describe it to someone in in a therapy session is there's four categories of symptoms. And this is what I I really wanted to focus on today. Those those categories are intrusions, avoidance, negativity, and arousal. Let's go to intrusions. What are these? These are aspects, leftovers of the trauma. The trauma's over. But these are the leftovers that invade us mentally, emotionally, and physically. Here's what I mean. If somebody is having, for example, uh, intrusive thoughts, that means they're sitting watching television with the family, but they're thinking about the trauma. They don't want to, but it invades in. You're driving down the road. Music's on the radio, but you're thinking about the trauma. You uh, you drive past 
something similar to the trauma, but it's not the trauma and the memories of it invade. Can also be nightmares about the traumatic experience, either exactly as it happened or something that could have happened that didn't or something that symbolizes it. You can also have strong emotions hitting you out of the blue that are related to the trauma. These intrude into your daily life. Intrusions can also include physical aspects. You see something that is a reminder, a trigger of the trauma, and you start feeling the physiological symptoms of arousal, basically the symptoms that compose what a panic attack is. These are typically the symptoms of an adrenaline release because your mind has learned that this this object, this situation, these people, whatever it is, is life-threatening because of the trauma. And so then you start having an adrenaline release. Your sympathetic nervous system is getting aroused. So that's kind of the way intrusions are. They're not pleasant. You don't like them. You don't want them. If you have an intruder in your house, that's an unwelcome guest. And these are unwelcome guests into your experience of, of what's happening, what you're experiencing right now. The second category is avoidance. You don't like these intrusions you learn what seems to be triggering them and you do whatever you can to keep from those happening and so you start using avoidance. You know, like I say, if you're standing out in the middle of a parking lot in January in central Illinois and there's a cold freezing rain and you're just standing out there without a coat or an umbrella or anything, how long are you going to stand there in that miserable weather before you start looking for a door of a building to walk into? not going to take too long. And that's what happens with avoidance. We start avoiding certain people or places. We try not to think about things. We don't want to experience it, so we start eliminating things from our life. And eventually that can, we can eliminate so many things that, you know, we become a prisoner of it. We become a prisoner. The third is negativity. You see, when things happen around us, good or bad, we try to make sense out of it. We try to figure out why this is happening. And so when a trauma happens, we try to make sense out of that. And sometimes we're, and I'm going to say actually not even sometimes, I'm going to say the vast majority of times when it comes to a trauma, we don't share our thoughts about it. We keep it to ourselves and we try to figure it out in the isolation of our own minds. Here's the problem with that. What happens if you start going down the wrong rabbit trail? What happens if you start thinking things that are not correct? Who is there to provide checks and balances? Who is there to correct you if you start putting two and two together and it makes seven in your mind? That's the problem. You start developing and there is a gra- there is a gravitation towards the negativity. So you start seeing uh, an overgeneralizing of people as being dangerous or all crowded situations are dangerous or all situations that have elements of that trauma such as location or temperature or or 
type of person or type of vehicle, whatever the trauma is. So we start developing that negativity. We start developing negativity about ourselves. And that negativity, those beliefs that we have, we call stuck points whenever we're trying to do treatment with a person and using, for example, cognitive processing therapy. They can also become so automatic we don't think about them and they become automatic negative thoughts or what we simply call ants. So negativity is another big part of it. Uh, the, the fourth one is arousal. And that is when we are in a life-threatening situation, especially if it is longer lasting, if it is an ongoing type of traumatic experience, then what happens is we flip that light switch for hyper-arousal on. Our sympathetic nervous system gets turned on and it's on, it's going on an ongoing basis. And it's like taking an old light switch and flipping it on. How long does that light switch stay on until it turns itself off? Well, if it's an old-fashioned one and not one with a timer or anything, it doesn't turn itself off. You have to turn it off. And the hyper-arousal where a person has trouble sleeping, irritability, angry outburst, uh, always on guard, Um, easily startled by uh, sudden or unexpected noises, you know, exaggerated startle response. When people have that on an ongoing basis, that light switch has been turned on and it's going to stay on until that person learns how to turn it off. So when we look at post-traumatic stress disorder, it has to start with a trauma and then you typically see a lot of symptoms in each of these four areas. Intrusions, avoidance, negativity, and arousal. Now, if you or a loved one are experiencing that, there's definitely help for it. We know a lot more about PTSD than we ever did in the past. And, uh, you know, there's some, some places that have specialized in it. And when it comes to the treatment, it's it's not just regular counseling. And I'm not trying to put down any counselors or therapists out there. But it there are you 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 have to understand clearly what it is, what those symptoms are, and why you're experiencing them and how to change those. Simply talking about it doesn't make it go away. There's other there's specific strategies and there's there's more and more people being trained in these strategies. Uh, I work primarily my primary job is with the Department of Veterans Affairs, so this is what I do full time. Is is I work primarily with people with post traumatic stress, and there are specific techniques that I never even knew existed, uh, and and never had a need to know that they existed prior to coming to to work for the VA. So there's, I have no doubt there's a lot of therapists out there that are doing their best, but they don't have those strategies. So, but I do know more and more people are, are, uh, are getting trained in those and putting them into practice. So if you're looking for a therapist specifically for these kind of symptoms of PTSD, my suggestion would be you need to interview the therapist to see what do they know? What kind of trainings they have, they have had? What approaches? Is it cognitive processing therapy? 
Are they using, um, oh, I'm blanking out here this morning. It's uh, prolonged exposure. Uh, there's also some newer ones that are being developed and some that are kind of out on the fringe and traditional behavioral medicine kind of poo-poos them. But, you know, some people are having success with it. So I don't think we need to poo-poo it. I think we need to understand why it's working so we can better understand, uh, you know, how to treat, how to, how to effectively treat people and their conditions better. Anyway, uh, that's it in a nutshell. So thanks for tuning in. If you, uh, if you get a chance, please go out to iTunes and leave a, uh, a comment. I would really appreciate a five-star comment if you believe the podcast is worthy of that. Uh, that helps people find me more. If you have friends or family that are into podcast and would maybe benefit from this, this I Hate Anxiety podcast, please share it with them. Feel free to share this. Um, my goal is to help as many people as I can better understand what anxiety is and the different things they can do about it. So have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.